Welcome to Women in Venture Capital. I'm Rushvina, Chief of Staff at General Catalyst, with prior experience in finance and early stage VC. And I'm Anvita, Senior Product Manager at UiPath with experiences across tech startups and venture capital. Our mission at Women in Venture Capital is simple. Increase the representation of women in the VC industry through awareness and engagement. So join us as we engage with women establishing their presence in the industry. Our guest today is Fazila Rashid. Fazila is a partner at Revolution Growth. She has over 20 years of experience in finance and investing with a focus on growth, equity in public and private markets. Prior to joining Revolution in 2022, Fazila was the managing director of Consumer and Americas at global investment firm Temasek. She was key in building the firm's efforts in the U.S., especially in consumer and healthcare, and launching and overseeing their DEI efforts. She started her career at Credit Suisse and worked at Solera Capital in her early career. She holds an MBA from the Harvard Business School and a BS in Chemical Engineering from Cornell. Really happy to have you, Fazila. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you for having me, Anvita. Jumping right in, you've spent over 10 years at Temasek and you've helped them build out a number of their sector and geographic practices. Could you tell us a little bit more about that experience and how that opportunity to join the team in such a key role came up to you? Yeah, sure. So um, I have to admit, sometimes it's luck and opportunity and not necessarily the way you planned it. And that's really how I got the opportunity at Tomasic. I am originally Singaporean, born and raised, but really um, the definitive part of my career prior to Tomasic was all in the U.S. And so, um, you know, as I got to know uh, the organization at Tomasic over time, I was intrigued by the fact that the, they were basically evolving the organization from what I would call a passive investor that was regionally focused to an aspiration to be a global investor. And in the conversations that I had through relationships uh, back at home in Singapore, I was intrigued that there was an opportunity on the table to basically be part of what would be a founding team in whether it be healthcare and then eventually in Europe and then eventually in the US of really creating local footprint in markets that they had big aspirations to grow in. And so the ability to be able to function as a Singaporean, which is pretty important for an organization that is Asia-centric and Singaporean at its core, but also having a ton of U.S. experience and living and working overseas, I think was a valuable combination that I was able to leverage throughout my time there and uh, really, you know, build a career there over the 10 years. So I'd say, you know, a bit of luck, a bit of opportunity um, in terms of where I was in my career and what they were looking for. And, um, you know, being able to leverage the unique perspectives culturally and professionally. That's really nice to hear. And thanks for sharing. Uh, Can I just say, though, and this has been one of the common themes we've spoken about on the show In fact, something we kind of went through in some discussions and some of our case study discussions back at business school uh, must strike a chord with you as well. Um, Research shows that when women are asked uh, on what made them successful, uh, they have a higher tendency to put that on luck and opportunity. Uh, And when you just said that it was a bit of luck and opportunity, literally just struck a chord with me saying, I've heard this many times and we've wanted to, I don't know, just bring it up and and surface it out that um, is this really that bias where there's a lot more tendency for for women uh, to put you know the reasons for success on those two aspects versus 
if you know our counterparts on the on the male ecosystem are asked the same questions there's a higher tendency to be like no i nailed it like i was amazing at it and you know i i killed myself to get the role and you know i i did great and you know it's all my hard work and things like that uh, i know this is a slightly off topic from what we were starting to chat with but as soon as i heard the response i figured i i do want to uh, touch upon that and and hear your or your initial thoughts on Uh, what no, do you think about that? <laughs> it's an interesting commentary and an interesting perspective. I would say the opportunity to get the job was a bit of luck um, and an opportunity, but I think the career path clearly, I think, was as much me creating the career path to take up the opportunity to help open the London office. I put my hand up for that and and yeah. wanted to, you know, really challenge myself into that role similarly moving back to the US. So so I'd say the the initial piece certainly was that but but I would not run away from the fact that there was a lot of hard work and a lot of advocating for myself within the organization over time to ask for I'd say aspirational roles that were maybe outside of my comfort zone and even the organization's comfort zone to put someone in those positions. So so and then and then of course excelling at it um and hopefully you know then getting more opportunities which certainly proved itself out over time. Fair. Um and like none of, like there's zero doubts you're you're amazing at your job and that's evident from the growth ladder you've showcased and you know with the great experience that you've been able to garner um so yeah i think truly appreciate overall all all that you've gathered over the years so thanks for sharing that um yeah. i'd love to learn a little bit more about your time at revolution and we were just during our research of putting uh this chat together we were reading about revolution and this following statement seemed to be the core of the forum at least from how we read it as an outsider um the the statement was that at revolution we focus on venture communities in high potential geographies because we know from experience that while talent is well distributed opportunity is not um can you tell us a little bit more about how revolution is tapping into these markets and how they've changed over the last couple of years yeah so i will i will say that for me it really was this philosophy and mentality that drew me to the firm i think um as as a family of three funds and revolution is really a family of three funds we live it every day in the opportunities that we evaluate as partners and investment partners so just to step back uh revolution has three funds a seed fund called rise of the rest a venture fund and a growth fund and i sit as a partner in the growth fund and i'd say the seed fund is really truly catalytic capital to driving ecosystem building at the ground level around you know this concept of talent being well distributed but opportunity not being and and the ventures and growth fund truly benefit from that and that perspective because we get a feeder of companies that we look at but we all have that same ethos in us that when we evaluate businesses you know we really look for that differentiated founder that unique founder uh that we resonate with and you know over and above the typical investment criteria that everyone looks at I would say I would be remiss if we I don't also talk about the fact that we also have another core area that we emphasize at the firm and that is really a policy driven lens to the opportunity sets that we have and that it comes from the fact that we are headquartered in DC and we have really uh deep ties into the regulatory and policy landscape that is shaping the country and a lot of our investment thesis is driven by that so both this element of talent you know and distribution and where you are in the country not really driving where investment dollars typically have been and trying to append that together with the policy lenses how we're differentiated and i think both are very unique in their perspective of why 
Revolution um, is a unique and differentiated investment firm in technology venture. Very interesting and makes a lot of sense. Um, you spoke about it earlier and you mentioned that you work globally for years. Um, so curious if you've noticed any differences or any similarities in the VC ecosystem across all these places. And you spoke about it, that it that was Singapore, New York, UK, DC as well. Um, so curious if you've picked up on some of these differences or similarities on how businesses are done or how the VC and founder communities interact. You know, it's it's quite fascinating. And, and at Tomasic, I had the opportunity to do extend beyond VC and a little bit into growth equity and LP communities, et cetera. But coming back to the core point of VCs, I'd say the underpinnings of the VC and founder community, I have fascinatingly noted is very similar everywhere. I think a, a lot of it is because VC is disrupting and transforming industries at its core. And so Maybe unlike many other parts of the, the investing ecosystem, people are very collaborative. Um, you know, people work, founder and investor networks work with each other. There's support systems around co-investments, around in, uh, conferences. And people really are trying to bring these communities together because we really are trying to upend big industry, big behemoths, you know, what is status quo in a lot of ways. And so, you know, having that collaborative approach to, try and build real businesses that you know are going to disrupt and transform takes a lot of that support and that collaborativeness. I'd say what is different is certainly the cultural nuances uh, and the fact that in a lot of these places some market opportunities are larger and market opportunities are smaller. So I'd say you know for example in the US um, and I've seen this in China and India for example, the markets the domestic markets are large enough that you can build, a business of scale without having to think about how you would go into other countries. In Europe, that is not necessarily the case because the countries each are smaller. And so disruptive ideas, you know, need a lot more scale to be able to do that. And then doing business in these countries are different. Of course, you know, the French have their style, um, Indians have their style, the Americans have their style. And I think to have appreciation of that as you are dealing, because at the core of what we're doing in investing is investing in people and ideas and to be able to connect at a personal level is extremely important. And so having that, that appreciation for those cultural nuances and seeing them as valuable as opposed to a difference, I think is where you can actually be a successful investor to these companies of, uh, of valuing that, that unique perspective. Fair. That makes a lot of sense. And yeah, I can kind of relate to that because the skills are fairly transferable that way um, because, I mean, there, there there isn't something that is taught differently or needs to be learned differently on just the skill of investing, but totally get your point around policies and how founder communities uh, will look at markets differently just by the virtue of what geography they're in um, and and what consumer mindset is evolving and things like that makes makes a lot of sense. Uh, really yeah, and, and on that point, you know, it's fascinating for me to watch. So th if you think for the example of an Uber and how Uber's business model as a venture opportunity has morphed in different countries to meet the cultural needs and the local needs is so fascinating as both a business model, cultural story, but the underpinnings of, you know, a founder and VC similarity of what you see as the unmet need. It's almost kind of an interesting dichotomy of just the comments that I just made. Yeah, very true. I, yeah, that's that's very fair. Um, switching gears a little bit, uh, you've led a number of BI efforts while at Temasek. 
Uh, can you talk a little bit more about those? Uh, any observations on how the industry has been approaching the gender representation and, and what can be done better? Yeah, again, for someone who's been in um, in investing and finance for 20 years, uh, it's fascinating. Uh, and I'd say, um, for me, very optimistic to see the direction of where we're going in terms of gender representation. Uh, of course, a lot more needs to be done and a lot more is being done. So I'd say, you know, especially in the last couple of years, a lot of organizations, both local and global, have stepped up their efforts um, around DNI. Tomasek is no different. Um, you know, I think some organizations start that way, others evolve into making sure that it is an important part. And I think it is driven as much by the younger generation coming in who expect it and who consider it table stakes, together with, I think, as much LP communities when you talk about, you know, things like the SDG goals, when you talk about um, you know, what people talk, uh, what what are important things to LPs beyond, you know, making returns, all of these are important elements to have in your business. So I'd say everyone is evolving and de determining how to set it up appropriately. Um, but all to say, I think the voices are louder, the perspectives are becoming more table stakes, and the um, discussions are becoming much more nuanced and and for me great because it's not just how do we get more representation but also how can we invest in more businesses that reflect the broader community and and all of that is I think inspiring and in the right direction and it's not just about people at the table but also then empowering them to invest in things that will shape the future to reflect the equity of the world the, the inequity but the direction of which we want that equity to go. Yeah, that's that's really motivating to hear. And uh, we keep bringing this up in our discussions on the show as well, that um, the idea that it's not to just check the box and make it because, you know, just because it's expected on paper is why you want to kind of channelize some efforts on DEI. Uh, but it's got to do with acknowledging that there's a legitimate business case on having more diversity on the decision making roles. Um, just from the way decisions are made by different sets of people in general, like um, you need those perspectives uh, actively on when you're deciding on uh, aspects of investing or or working with portfolios and things like that. So, yeah, I think a lot of what you shared that it's becoming a lot more common and natural for considerations uh, across the board. That's that's really positive to hear. Um this was a fascinating chat, Fazila. One question we asked for all uh, guests is, what advice would you have for aspiring female investors who are trying to either break into the industry or move up the ladder um, and move into either check writing positions or get into more decision-making roles? Uh, what advice would you have for them? So maybe I'll break it into two. First, I think for anyone trying to break into the industry, um, it requires a lot of perseverance and um, knocking on a lot of do doors and a lot of rejections, but don't be disheartened is what I say. I think this is a big, uh, big networking driven industry. And so the more people you talk to, the more opportunity you hopefully get to break into the industry. And so I'd say just don't don't give up and be tenacious about it. And then for those who are in and moving up the ladder, um, two, two comments I would have one. I think there is an opportunity to, I think, uh, be your authentic self. I, I think we're in a very different era to my comment earlier that, you know, you can bring yourself to the table, bring ideas to the table that reflect 
investment opportunities that you see. You just have to always make a strong business case. You always have to make an investment case. It can't be emotionally driven, but to the extent you do that, I think there is an opportunity to shape the direction of where investing is going to look like down the road by more investors that look like us, uh, with ideas that come from our networks, with investment theses that affect us. And um, you know, as long as you back it up with strong data, strong investment, um, you know, thesis and strong diligence work, I think you have the opportunity to reshape an industry that has a lot of room to be reshaped. That's amazing. Thank you so much, Fazila. This was a, a wonderful chat. I'm sure our listeners will draw a lot of value from this. Thank you again for your time. Well, thank you. I appreciate it.